Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General state's pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Tell your chico pit boomers to 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Hey, everybody over at Collider. It's the Collider fans. That's what you are. So what are you doing right now? You're listening, obviously. Otherwise, you wouldn't hear my stupid voice. And it's Christian Harloff. Thanks for listening to the Collider Podcast Network. Have you guys gone over and subscribed to the Collider Factory Podcast feed? Well, you should. Every week, you'll get great podcasts from the Collider team. Listen to all these shows. You got the WWE recap show. It's Collider Body Slam. That's everything in the world of wrestling. They even go outside and, and just talk about everything, whether it's NXT or stuff happening in Japan. It's, it's, it's a fantastic show. You got film discourse with our senior film editor, Matt Goldberg, on the Collider.com podcast, and plus audio versions of the movie, trivia, schmodown, and in-depth match analysis with the schmodown rundown. Plus, we'll be debuting new programs throughout the year in this factory. Once you guys are going to determine... Do they get their own feeds? Do they become new hit shows? It's up to you. But in order to do that, you've got to join that farm system over there at the Collider Factory. Subscribe today to Collider Factory at Podcast One and Apple Podcast. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General state's pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Stay little chico, Pete Pool, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive. Brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game. So that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
Shirewolves owe us lunch money, and we will be taking it at that event. Whitworth, the system, the clock, Harlock, none of these guys can get in front of my destiny. What's up, sweaties? You're watching Heroes, episode 247. We're going to talk about X-Force, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and I'll answer a ton of your Twitter questions today. That's right. Here we go, baby. What's up, everybody? We've got Koi and Marquia here. We're going to talk about some, a lot of subjects. We're going to get through a lot of your Twitter questions because we run over an hour and usually run out of time. We've got a little shorter bit of a show so we can get really in-depth with a bunch of your sweaty questions. Let's start by talking about, so we've all seen Deadpool. I know if you're watching this show right now, you probably, hopefully, saw Deadpool, too, because we are going to talk a few spoilers here and there. It's impossible to talk about Deadpool 2 and then the sequel x-force or deadpool 3 without getting into certain (laughs) things even though when you're talking about deadpool 2 what really matters as far as like continuity gets a little jingle jamble yeah yeah Yeah. like hey you saw the secret ending you know so you know if if you haven't seen the movie yet and you want to just jump on over to ant man and the wasp i'm going to just do that when we're done talking so when i do that again Start watching it again. You might have to scroll through. We don't have time chips or anything like that. So someone in the comment section, please um, so write the little, like, 2213, and then somebody can just click on that and jump right on. I don't know if it's going to be 2213. I just randomly came up with that. Maybe it'll be 1314. I don't know what it's going to be. But here we go. Let's start talking about podcast, Yeah. Hey, you know what? If you're listening to it on a podcast, you don't have any possibility of doing these jumps. So <laughs> Sorry in just, general. Just enjoy the spoilers, baby. That's all I have to say. We're going to go easy and slow for all you people who didn't see it yet. Nice and slow, just for you. So here we go. Deadpool 2. Excellent. We've seen it. We're not going to, you know, really spoil the movie, mm. but, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about $125 million, so that's, you know, money in the bank. Yes, yes. That didn't beat the first one, but who cares? People said that on Monday. People cry about who shows it it's the end of the superhero run it's like i don't know what planet you're on but 125 million is a loss on an r-rated movie opening the weekend after infinity that's right they're on the planet stupid yeah they're like oh you're on the planet idiot that's right uh yeah anybody who said that is like it's the beginning of the end idiot is all i can really say and get out of my face because 300 million overseas r-rated film that's just showing you the power that the first film the staying power as well as an r-rated anything hitting those kind of numbers is hard to imagine especially a film like deadpool where it's like such a weird film when you really break it down it's a bizarro movie (laughs) there's a guy in a mask who's an assassin who kills people who's cracking jokes to you and they're introducing a flurry of these super powered characters throughout the entire film a lot of it doesn't make sense all the way to the end and then they reverse course on all those things and it's funnier than the entire film so let's get into this so all right so we there's kind of technically 
an X-Force in this movie. The X-Force. X-Force. Now, X-Force. The, but this is the X-Force that was introduced in Peter Milligan and Michael Allred's mm-hmm. run. So mm-hmm. they had Zeitgeist, which should have been a clue to everybody that everyone's going to die yes. on this mission. Like I'd said this many months ago. I was like, hey, maybe everybody dies. Like in that issue of X-Force, mm-hmm. if Zeitgeist is in it, that's kind of a clue. Didn't think it was really going to happen, but they did it. And they did it <laughs> amazingly well. Brad Pitt gets fried. I mean, there's characters in this yeah. that are just little, little fun things where like, yeah, we he got lied to. They lied to us. She's <laughs> Shatterstar doing so. That's not yeah. in the movie. You're like, no, no but it worked. It yeah. was one of the, the greatest pulls. Even mm-hmm. Peter gets, you know, you know, it's sort of like everything. So X-Force is done, but it's a, it's a genius move because then it's not done. You still mm-hmm. have Cable. You still have Domino. Mm-hmm. You still have Deadpool. You still have, have cool, Peter. Well, yeah, technically you <laughs> still, still have, have Peter. You're right. He's crimped away. You're right. Um, so you have the beginnings of of X Force proper. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think they're going to go forward and say have Colossus, or do you think Negasonic Teenage Warrior? Are they going to par- be part of it? What do you think? I think that last shot of the, them walking away into the sunset was the beginning of X Force. I feel like they definitely the the moment for me that really mattered was to me. Uh, Cable and Deadpool are always Riggs and Murtaugh. You've got one that's too old for this stuff, and one that's the Merc on the edge. Right. So the moment that he picked up the brick and they were working together, that was my Cable Deadpool moment. Everything after that was assembling the real X Force. Right. So I feel like that last shot when he described what his team was with the you know the dash of diabetes and a barrel full of cancer. Mm. That to me was like, oh, we're leading it, and it's beautifully the last shot. It's the walk in a sunset shot. I think Colossus is going to be a great X-Force member because the comedy of like that stiff like that the, the beauty of that character's arc growing and I also love the bromance between the two of them that they mm-hmm. make Colossus like his best friend in the weirdest way um, I think that really works for the narrative of X-Force and I think that to, to briefly dabble in the money thing 300 million this weekend's mean that franchise made a billion dollars the first one made 700 this one made 300 that's a billion dollars that is the farthest from death you can get that is a lot of money so I think X-Force is going to have a bigger budget it's going to do well and I think we'll actually get some bigger X-Men. I think we'll get bigger mutants that they couldn't afford this time around. I think the escalation of the series is just going to get more and more. Now, yeah. we, we know that Drew Goddard has a script, and he's mm-hmm. also directing it, and we also know that Disney is quickly yeah, coming forward to absorb all of the fun. <laughs> yeah. all, of the, all of the characters will be hurry, under the hurry, mouse. Hurry. Oh, yeah, so, goodness. I mean, you know, look, it's like we we don't own the characters. I mean, a lot of people get online, you don't know this for sure. Of course we don't know it for sure. Duh. That's <laughs> so stupid. Comment again about how we don't know it. I love those comments. Yeah, yeah of course. I don't own Disney or Fox or anything. <laughs> We're simply reporting. And when we talk about it, it's called speculative. We're talking about, hey, if, what if, most of the stuff we talk about are what ifs. From the yeah. comic, this yeah. might be. Exactly. Right, so it's relax like with the like, they journalism. haven't officially, nothing's official. Thank you. Lawyers who won't comment. <laughs> I, know, I know what the, sometimes comments are like beyond stupid. Most of the people who are smart, they don't say stuff like that, but occasionally you get some really dumb people who are like, I don't like when he says this. It's like, well, you know what you can do. So, <laughs> what I'm saying is if. Disney and Mar- Disney and Marvel do absorb mm-hmm. Deadpool. Mm-hmm. That's gonna happen. That's not gonna happen next week. Right. No. And even if they're finally signing the papers next week, all these films that are in play are gonna get executed and figured out before the final transition of all that stuff. It's, it takes a really long time. Yeah. So yeah. we're all kind of guessing that it's not gonna happen until 2019. There's mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of hurdles they still have to get over. You got our friends Comcast getting in the mix. <laughs> Lots of stuff you can read up on. All we're talking really about is. 
if X-Force, Drew Goddard, if he's going to get a chance to do it, now should be the time, not later. Now, if they have a script, they have a guy who's really talented. Mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds should just be like, yo, get this in place, yeah. start yeah. building sets. What do you think? Let's start. Um, absolutely. I don't want to have to wait for another, what, two years, yeah, uh, no, like with the, with the previous one before I get an X-Force movie. And then... Actually, you know, the, the appetite for it is here right now. So why not just go ahead and go in this? I, I will say, I, I kind of hope that, um, but I doubt that he did. I kind of hope that Deadpool also saved the other people from X-Force. But uh, right. I don't think it would really be in his character, too. I think he would I think only... love Peter. I think Sugar he would only, only save Sugar Bear. Yeah. I think, I think most definitely. But uh, with this, just like with uh, Deadpool in general... The death of superhero movies. I did not hear that. That kind of, I guess, death in the sense that Deadpool is dead. Everyone's on the button. He's like Everybody's waiting to press that back. button. Well, but, yeah, it, was um, like, it was like people not on James Cameron's level, but little way, way below that. But still like, it's finally, this is the where people are tired of superhero movies. It's finally happening. It's like everyone's, for like the last 10 years, Yeah. every yeah. time a, a superhero film comes out, they're like, see, it's what I told you. It's the beginning of the end. It's the beginning of the it's, end. I guess it's happening. Never. I mean, <laughs> Yeah. No, I I really enjoyed the characterization that they had for um, all of the characters here in Deadpool. I mean, like that and like the the relationships, it reflected the relationships that you have in the comics, like between uh, Domino and Deadpool, where it was like a familial. It's like a sibling kind of relationship. And, and they gloriously did that, you know, um, on film. I loved how they did with Colossus. Yeah. It's like, oh, who's who's best friend mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of a deal. And then uh, could there be a relationship? That line there? from Copycat where she was like, don't sleep with Colossus. I was like he's like what so funny like that and they i love that (laughs) they played with deadpool's moral code so like they so did and um that characterization and i think uh drew goddard's just gonna like go off to the races with that we're gonna really dive in deep it's not i mean i don't even like to say it's not just gonna be a comedy action movie because this was a comedy action movie but you you know what i mean when it has like all these beautiful layers that also go with it when you have like drew in the you know in the mix with that we're we're gonna get we're gonna get something truly magical i think we'll get Archangel, I think we're going to get Rick Remender's uh, run of X-Force, because I think that the Mm -hmm. reason they killed some of these off, like that comic where they just took them Mm -hmm. out, I think the the budget of this will allow for, especially Cabin in the Woods is Drew Goddard. Like, Mm -hmm. we're going to get the scope of this movie. Daredevil. Like, he he knows how to run a team and an ensemble piece. So we'll get bigger X-Men, because that's how you sell, like, this is the Avengers for Fox now, because Fox is, like, team movies. This is, I mean, this felt like an X-Men movie. There were so many moments I was like, oh, they did a full-blown, when he's wearing the jersey, that felt like early, like, 60s comics of X-Men, like the trainee, obviously with Deadpool language, but you know what I mean? Like a trainee going out to handle an X-Man, we hadn't seen that done well. I also, yeah, I think I we'll get our about the, the comedy aspects of like Drew Goddard still making an X-Force film. Mm-hmm. It'll have an action comedy element to it, but I, I, I don't see it as breaking the fourth wall like Deadpool did every, you know, few seconds. We're aware that this is a meta character. Mm-hmm. Right. I would, uh, I would guess that they'll probably try to work that in, maybe even if it's not in the script. With Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, they're yeah, have I think to... at least three times yeah. they're going to hit that comedy thing. Yeah, with it. I, I mean, think we're going to get Archangel though, uh, I, yeah, Archangel, Archangel though, because he kept on saying, he kept on saying, the blue guy, the, wings. the blue guy with the wing, the wings. Where's where are these people? Right. Pigeon <laughs> wings, pigeon yeah. wings. Yeah. That one pigeon shot of him wings. closing the door. Which oh, is I like, love that. Oh. Makes sense. So we've got an extended cut. So David Leach was talking about. Look, I've got. I'm working on an extended cut. I already have my director's cut, which is like roughly like 20 minutes longer 
then then that's already done. Mm-hmm. So he's like, maybe we're going to go back into that and even add more. So that's what he just you know stated a couple days ago. What do you guys What do you guys think about an extended Deadpool two? I for one want to see it because he's a, there's way more Domino. I thought there wasn't enough Domino in this ver the the theatrical cut. <laughs> yeah. We're all spoiled now. I'll just wait till the three hour version. Like, <laughs> awesome. You know what do you guys think about an extended cut? And what else do you think we'll see? Heck yeah, definitely more Domino. Definitely more Cable. Um, Okay, I really enjoyed the the CGI fight between Colossus and Juggernaut, if only because it was, uh, uh, amongst other things, it was the evolution of uh, Colossus's character where he was really buying into more of the Deadpool side of things. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're going to fight dirty. I, I, for one, would love some more of that battle. I doubt that there is any more that of that budget. battle, <laughs> of that budget battle. Um, but I like that. I liked some more with the armored um, convoy. You know, if there's any other sequences that are happening with that. Uh, and I... I particularly would love, if there are any, um, some more um, Wade and Vanessa scenes, Mm. like if that's in the director's cut. I think we'll get more Wade and Vanessa. I think establishing that relationship, they felt like with the movie being two hours, they had to trim that because the first movie established it. I mm-hmm. love their relationship. That's the heart of the franchise for me, so I'd love to see more of that. I think there's going to be more Blind Al. I feel like those <laughs> scenes are really like, you know, it's one location, right. it's Ryan and an actress, it's a lot of improv. You can play with Blind Al. And the scene where he finds the cure for blindness when he moves the cocaine, <laughs> yeah. the cocaine LeBron <laughs> moment, by the way, good God. Uh, the, the the moments like that, I think, are what the 20 minutes going to be because the improv in that set must have been insane. Like it's Ryan Reynolds, TJ Miller, Blind Al, all these characters are improv titans so i feel like it's gonna be more comedy on the 20 minute cut because uh, mm-hmm. the the action is gonna be you you map that out you previs and all that stuff right. uh, and i also know they were shooting up until very like recently like the brad pitt scene was the last thing they shot and apparently he did it for scale and a hand-delivered coffee from ryan reynolds ah. that was the cost of brad pitt right so on. i know they were still assembling so who knows what else they were like putting together last minute for this cut or what they had to mm-hmm. cut out to add to more. make that so work exactly. i do know they cut there's a lot of x-mansion scenes of just him hanging out at the x-mansion <laughs> we want so. that that's dead yeah, that's what I, you know. I'm hoping they get it all in there, and we have a four and a half hour. Yeah. I don't know how long. In, it's in particular, be. Um, you know, he did something where he mislabeled things in the refrigerator because he just brought it up a little bit and too beast much. Beast crapping right. on the lawn. I, w- I still want to see beast crap on the lawn. It's been rumored for years, and this is a movie that like the 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 budget doesn't restrain them because Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. So there's so much freedom. If you have someone in a suit, like I can't imagine, and we've seen it like three times. It's so rewatchable. Yeah. A four it hour is. cut. We're ready for it. All right. Well, I hopefully hopefully we get that. Uh, uh, in the same realm of the Fox area, let's talk about New Mutants. Are we going to get an X-Force movie before or after <laughs> New Mutants? Because New Mutants is scheduled to come out in August of 2019, which is a weird thing. Like, jumping into the future, if we were to imagine that this Fox-Disney merger does finally actually happen and there's some sealed, like, we've the announcement is made. They have, like, some piece of paper with a stamp <laughs> oh, on how it'll all come down. They're like, it's finally official. What, how it happens, we don't know. But if it finally becomes official, say it happens, uh, you know, this December 2018, they're like, it's finally done. So we know that X for X-Men, mm-hmm. they're reshooting a bunch of that to fix the ending for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rumors are they're reshooting more than half of New Mutants. Yeah. Um, are they just going to kill it? Is, is it, it going to be a just, Disney film? Well, like, oh well, technically, when it comes out, will it be like the last of the Fox? Like, because I feel like Dark Phoenix is a good way to end the the X Men franchise. I don't feel like introducing a new team is a good way to end a franchise. Right. Like, Dark Phoenix is a very dark tale. It can kind of conclude. You've got the old X Men and the new guard in one movie. You can that kind of can feel like a button, especially if the scrolls are related to the scrolls. Cap Marvel. So, like, but New Mutants is like, hey, look at these fresh faced new teens you're just meeting. Right. 
the beginning of the trilogy, not really. Yeah, like, yeah. hope you liked them. It'll feel like Generation X, that TV show from the 90s on Fox. Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully I mean, not. Hopefully bad. not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking it's the opposite. I think, um, uh, well, with the 50% reshoots, that they're really going to go into the horror genre of it. And then, yes, these uh, fresh faces, but it's also, um, we're not really going to know what they're going to do with that particular movie. They could literally do anything because at that point, you know, um, you know, franchises are changing hands and everything. They could kill half of the new mutants, which I, after Infinity War, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with them like diving deep into that. But I do want a new mutants before X Force, if only because then maybe we can like cherry pick some mm-hmm. of them out there, like get Moonstar, sure. uh, maybe have her well, in X Force. Yeah. Wolf, yeah. Colossus's sister so, is obviously yeah. involved. I mean, yeah. I don't know how these characters are going to tie in, or you know how how they're going to try to try to tie in if they do. You know, if green light X Force. If they just start shooting, maybe they'll shoot and wrap before they do the reshoots on New Mutants. <laughs> and what's the continuity timeline wise? Because in Deadpool, the X Men we see open the door are X Men from technically the '90s because they're the same age as they were between Dark Phoenix and the first movie. So the first right. movie takes place in the '80s and the '90s. Deadpool takes place in 2018. So all of those mutants would have to be in their mid 40s. Right. None of so that when matters. does that door? No, open? None of uh, that, that matters. Door opens into the who cares? <laughs> Every, everybody got <laughs> shot. Who cares? But New Mutants, like, I just no. it drives me no, nuts. It's, like, there's it's no clean. timeline. There is no. T- but X Men, there has never been a timeline. That's, that's why yeah. he goes back in time and kills himself twice. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's literally <laughs> just like that's when I when those scenes happen. It kind of <laughs> washed away some of the stuff that I had issues with with Deadpool two with the ending with the collar. I was like, why didn't he just do this? And yeah. I didn't have to sit through this ten minutes of blah blah. <laughs> but then you're like, oh, because just to get to that, it's like I would have watched an hour of that. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Just keep jumping through time and doing weird shit. It was like yes. really funny. Yeah, yes. X Force. So maybe that could be it. Let's talk about Ant Man and the Wasp. So there's a brand new trailer, kind of a, a, com- a longer commercial, mm. if you will, that reveals a ton of new footage. A lot of Giant Man. A lot of cool scenes. A giant salt shaker. <laughs> you didn't have enough like Hello Kitty Pez dispensers <laughs> being chucked at you. Here's a salt a salt shaker. So. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot more ghosts as well. So it Mm. looks like these action scenes that they're showing us, you know, we've seen little bits, just like all of the Marvel trailers. They always like, here's this scene on a highway. Here's a little bit more of that scene on the highway. Yeah. Here's here's a little bit even more of the scene on the highway. So we're really still only have seen about two minutes of this movie Mm -hmm. all said and done. Maybe two minutes over here, two minutes over there. So I don't feel like anything's really been spoiled, even down to the, hey, you know, Pim shrunk that building. And then in this new bit, we see it unshrink yeah so and i still don't know what's going on i do all i know is like ghost has something to do with it you know (laughs) wasp is now his teammate so yeah what do you guys i mean do you feel like this is revealed enough for you to like we're we're probably already all sold we're going but what did you think of this new trailer uh, I think the only thing we've really seen revealed is that, like, the, the building thing kind of shows us that the, from the line of Infinity War, they were under house arrest. I think mm. the house arrest is to that building. So instead of him being stuck in that building, Hank Pym moves the building. Mm. So I think that that is, like, them showing us that they enlarge the building so the house arrest works. So that's how he ties into the location. Smart. <laughs> the only thing I pieced together. I, and I like that. that's mm-hmm. five minutes of a movie that is an hour and 45 minutes. So right. I love that we're seeing the same action set piece. We're seeing 10 seconds each, each side of that same car thing. We've seen two hilarious problems the Hello Kitty and the Salt Shaker. But at the end of the day, those are all like buzzwords, which is what trailers I think should be. I think mm-hmm. trailers should leave you like leaning into the screen, not like resigned to accepting what you've already seen. I want to be like more, more, right. more. So I love that I just want to buy Hello Kitty merch. You know, like this totally <laughs> sells me. So I, I want it. I can't wait for this movie. But it has to be giant size. Just, yeah. No, yeah I don't want walk through, 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 an actual yeah. Pez dispenser. That's useless to me, the that. giant one. Who was yeah. an actual room. Salt Shaker? No, I want the giant like Dalek size one. With real granules of salt this big. 
egg. Comfortably. Like, open the Hello Kitty. There's a gigantic bag. <laughs> Salt. That would be incredible. Put it in your um, bath, like a giant sodium bath. Like, oh, um, wow. be fantastic. A giant Pez in Cure your bath. Cure for wet ales, yeah. yeah. It's supposed to be used. Yeah. It's like, this is just my floaty. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, so is this, obviously we know this takes place before Infinity War. Yeah. Do you think we're going to get to Infinity War by the end? I would love that if we did. Like, um, let's say that they're in, you know, in the quantum realm microverse, and and uh, they're like, oh, okay, great, we did everything that we were supposed to do here. Hurrah, we won! And then you have, you know, uh, Janet starts, hey, you know, right. and it's like, oh no, oh, because man. of course it affects everything. Right. Just because you're in itty bitty tiny land doesn't yeah. mean that you're going to escape Thanos' snap. I love so that. I I really enjoy that. Um, uh, but then also going back to my previous theory of that they just come out on the other side of Infinity War and they were all spared could also work. And they mm. come they come back giant. I would want them to come back giant into the same right there world that um, we left like Nick Fury in, mm. where it's like helicopters are falling yeah. from the sky and cars and the such. So either one of those two scenarios works really well for me. What do you think? I think they're in a tricky, very specifically comic book predicament. In the comic books, whenever there's a giant event, you always have to go like, did this happen before or after? And it's really jarring to titles that are like, fun! Like like the, the West Coast, like the Kate Bishop Hawkeye book is a very different tone book to like Old Man Logan. So like events that happen to Old Man Logan, whenever it crosses them to like Kate Bishop's Hawkeye, I'm like, but I... Ugh. So I'm worried that this movie being a Michael Pena, Paul Rudd comedy, which is what the first one felt like. It felt like a full-blown Paul Rudd movie. I'm a afraid like if people start dusting i'll be like i no i like this corner like i, I wanted it to be because it doesn't ant-man doesn't necessarily feel like the part of the marvel universe it feels like guardians where it's a corner of the marvel universe right. it feels adjacent so i'm just worried that if they suddenly start like the third act brings us back to that ground the movie won't have that fun spirit the first one did so as much as i want continuity i kind of hope this ends like a month before infinity war and yeah. then i hope avengers 4 yes. tells us what ant-man and hawkeye were doing during the end of this movie I think we're going to get our cake and eat it too. I think it's going to probably end on a high yeah. and get some credits. And then that little, little credit so nugget little, is going to yeah. be people getting dust. We're like, oh, you know, I feel like even them. Yeah. Even. Even them. Yeah. <laughs> so some dust will happen. So we haven't seen Michelle Pfeiffer yet. We know she's in the movie. Yes. We know she's playing, playing Janet. Mm-hmm. When are we going to see her? Are we just going to? I mean, I would love it if they just save her. You're like, yeah. you're not going to see that. You're not. You have to go see the movie. I'd love that. Yeah. And I, I mean, do you think I personally want to see a 70s or 80s like? Action sequence nice. with them, yeah. You know, with you know Ooh. the de aging effect with, with Goliath, Hank, with Lawrence Fishburne as Goliath, a, yeah. yeah. I, I would be on that. board for that. Oh my Goliath god, Goliath back in the day, and you meet and him I, that way, yeah. And I want them to do the color palette just like it would be like seventies, oh, eighties. Yeah. I mean, yeah. dive down deep into that. That would, I mean, that's a great way to open the movie. Oh like, yeah. yeah, hopefully they do that. I think they did that in one of the films. I can't remember where you, they first introduced Hank Pym. Well, the opening of Wolverine. One of the few good things with the opening of Wolverine was remember they're going through time with Wolverine and. And like uh, Sabretooth oh, yeah. in X Men Origins Wolverine, which we don't speak oh, of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine if Ant Man had, like, we saw a brief snippet in Ant Man where he's going through the war footage. Imagine the 70s uh, Ant Man and the Wasp original. We meet mm-hmm. Janet in, like, a psychedelic 70s vibe as small, and we get to have some of their adventures de aged, and then we come back to Paul Rudd. Or kind of yeah. like maybe a Captain America esque PSA <laughs> yeah, with, yeah, with yeah. them. I was going to say, like, some kind of, or, you know, secret footage that they have. Well, obviously, the, from mm-hmm. the files. You remember this? Yeah, because that's when we saw it in Ant Man, the first time right. we saw the Ant Man. Like, you know, doing some stuff and like, you know, just found footage type of stuff. So I would love that. You know, either way, hopefully we get that. So, Mm -hmm. um, 
let's get into minor mutations. Starting off with Jim Starlin. Now, Jim Starlin, he's the creator of Thanos. He got credited as the creator of Thanos in Avengers Infinity War. That's one of the things that at least the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been doing right, is mm-hmm. they've been crediting all the creators, the writers, and the artists with their creations. Um, now we're hearing from him that there is another character that he's created that is going to be in Avengers 4. So it hasn't been shown up yet. So the guesses that are going around are it's either Eros, i.e. Star Fox, or it's going to be Thanos' dad, Alars, as in a flashback scene. What would your guess? I mean, we already know that, you know, we're, we're getting the Eternals in some way, shape, or form, and that Thanos is a deviant. So yeah. he's an yeah. Eternal right off the bat. All those, you know, all those sequences have been kind of leading up to this. I feel like, you know, we're pretty sure, obviously, we were talking about Ant-Man We've seen stills of, of him in Avengers 4, so mm-hmm. at least we know he didn't get dusted. <laughs> <laughs> I am the robotic version of Paul Rudd. Like, you know, so, you know, take a wild guess. If you're like looking at some of these behind-the-scenes pictures, you know, they're all wearing some weird thumbprint device, whatever. Very similar to Cables. I'm yeah. just saying. It's not going to happen. Can yeah. you imagine if the Fox Disney merger is like eight weird. times as far along? And yeah. Because the, and the, they both have it in the same spot, same hand, like what? the dream guy. It would be very weird. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, well, didn't he uh, co-create, or at least co-create Warlock, like uh, um, back when the, the the really psychologically twisted one um, uh, that led to Magus? Yeah, Warlock's not going to be in. It. No, Guardians three. Yeah, okay. Guardians three. Is that official? That that's the James first. That, that's got the that first on one. Since like, Guardians one is like my boy. Because I would have, I would have really liked that for Avengers four if we had um, sort of, you know, the comic book Infinity Wars into mm-hmm. it. Okay, well, if Warlock's off the table, then I'll go with the Lars. Then mm-hmm. uh, definitely, I think. Um, since we've got, you know, farmer Thanos at the right. at the end of Infinity War, I would enjoy there either being like a flashback sequence of like how we how we get to that Thanos where I mean, yeah, we went into it with like uh, him on Titan where it's right. like if only they listened to me because genocide is always the answer uh, kind of a thing. I would like to see that dynamic since we had the Gamora Thanos dynamic get the Thanos Alors dynamic. So I'd like that. How about you? I think Avengers 4 is one of the last movies we get in this phase before Eternal sounds like soon. So I think Papa Thanos, because they need to start planting seeds now. If Eternals is so weird, like compared to what we're used to, it's a very broad scope film. So right. we need to start introducing some characters that can tie in. So I think it makes sense for him. Yeah, I'd, I'd love for Loris to have a, I'm so sorry, little one, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> line to Thanos. That would be pretty crazy. Dark. I like Ooh. that. My guess is it's probably going to be Icarus. I know that's a long shot, but I, okay. I don't think they're going to go with... I mean, Star Fox is, you know, a long shot mm-hmm. to me, mm-hmm. and so is Alars. Like, mentioning his dad is... I don't think they're going to do any more flashbacks with, with Thanos. I think everything with Avengers 4 is with the Avengers and how do they undo this giant screw-up. Whether Kang is involved or not, <laughs> like talking with Marcus McFeely makes me really feel... Not oh. Tang, baby. You know what I said. It's Kang. Get it right. So, you know... <laughs> We'll see, but within that within that construct, I could see them saying, "Let's introduce one of the Eternals, like just look, you know, yeah. one mm-hmm. of the characters, and that would be the character that I would go with, one of the lead characters. That'd be a good way to step him up, step him off. You know, he's in a ship with Thor. I don't know how they would do it, but you know, <laughs> they, they'll figure it out, and we'll find out in less than a year. So uh, the next one is Chris Pratt's Cowboy Ninja Viking. So that finally gets the writers, uh, one of the writers from Rampage, one of the writers from Wrath of the Titans. So they're scripting it. It's a graphic novel, Cowboy Ninja Viking. Um, you know, it's a character who can turn into one of the three things. 
cowboy yeah. ninja or bike. <laughs> pretty basic, pretty simple, but kind of, if done right, could be a lot of fun. What do you guys think about this? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think this is a really great uh, vehicle for Chris Pratt, definitely. I mean, he, is is he not all three of those things know, at right? one in one? So that's great. Uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's his Deadpool. It's his Gambit kind of a thing. And then particularly with this, I... I'm on board with more assassin type movies. And then you have, uh, you know, this particular property, you know, from image where you, okay, we, we have all these assassins with a multi personality disorder. Oh, wait, they're, they're, these triplets are running crazy. What do we do? We get our number one triplet to then go hunt them down. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And then along with that, go ahead and uh, throw in writers from like <laughs> Rampage, where it was just this interesting mix of uh, comedy and uh, spectacularly huge action. Right. Like, okay, then I can I can do that with this band of like assassins. I, I'm I'm on board with it. How about you? I think it's a great starring vehicle for him. Uh, personally, I love Chris Pratt, but I don't see him as like vest, mustache, Jurassic World Chris Pratt. To me, he's very much more of a Star-Lord. But like between the two, and this is more Star-Lord. So totally. I see this as, I mean, like, Burt Macklin and Andy Dwyer. You know, like, there's that very, like, the dichotomy of, of, of Chris Pratt is so well appreciated here. And it's kind of like a light and fluffy Moon Knight to me. And Moon Knight's <laughs> been my guy forever. Sure. I want to see this kind of character portrayed in Frank getting Moon Knight in the next year. I'd love Image's lighter version of that. Plus, if you shoot this uh, in, like, three different frame rates or, like, have three different directing styles, have, like, the ninja one way yep. the viking one way like the visual aesthetic of this comic arguably translates even better to film than it does comics and anytime you do a translation that goes that direction yeah. all yeah. for it yeah i agree and i also feel like you know him playing the cowboy yeah like, he, like <laughs> even in like Avengers, that western he did yeah like he was mm-hmm. like trying to do thor's yeah. accent like literally him taking that to the nth degree where he's like oh i'd love that but doing it badly would be even funnier like yeah. even yeah. if he sucks as a ninja i want to see that so i, I want to see that i want to see him be a shitty ninja more than a good ninja i think he's know? played all of these but a viking now actually it's because he played yeah. Ninja on Parks and Rec. He was a cowboy in that Denzel movie. Right. It's time for Viking Chris Pratt. And he was kind of trying to be a Viking because Thor's yes. a Viking, but he both of them were talking all Shakespearean. <laughs> Are you like, mocking yeah. me? Yes. Are you mocking me? Yeah, it's like, that's not really Viking. This yeah. is my voice. Right. <laughs> hey, you know what? This isn't really a superhero movie, but I had to mention it. Happy Time Murders. Now, <laughs> you kids out there probably shouldn't watch this. <laughs> But there is an a red band trailer for this film, and I know we 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 we've cut it, so you're not going to see the sequence where all of us were like, "Holy f!" And it was literally like, "Wow, wow!" Uh, they really went there, and they really went there. So Brian Henson, I uh, I was working with him on a project many years back, and uh, while that was in development. I got a chance to find out about Happy Time Murders, and he was telling me, oh, I want to make this movie. It's a, a hard R Muppet film. And I was like, <laughs> wow. And it's like, you know, even back then, we we're like trying to attach this star. Hopefully, we get Melissa McCarthy. So it was a couple mm-hmm. years back. I am so over the moon that he finally got this not only made, finance, and it's got Melissa McCarthy <laughs> in it. And I watched the trailer, and it's like everything he said it would be plus. So it's like the plus is the thing that is most amazing to me. That's like sometimes you're like, yeah, I don't know if you if you get this, do you think you could do all these things that yeah. are in the script? Oh my god! So it, all I can say is, if you haven't seen it and you're an adult, get on that shit. Um, see Happy Time Murders. Just watch the Red Band trailer all the way through. Watch it all the way through. All the way to the all end. All the way to the end. My that my poster silly, quote. Silly end. Yeah. If my poster quote would be that this is a post Deadpool Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm. 
That's that's how it looked to me. Like in the world we've gotten to, in this world of like this level of humor, we've earned this level of Muppet depravity, and I'm proud. Yeah, uh, yeah my my uh, poser quote is, "I'm feeling lightheaded." <laughs> uh, I don't know if uh, there's anybody out there that's into mobile da- uh, mobile games or uh, Kerasoft, but they have this uh, one mobile game, uh, Game Dev Story, mm-hmm. and you can actually like make your own games like mash them together and oh, you cool. go you go through time like going to different consoles the very fact r-rated muppet movie that would probably fall flat on its face in this game but it works it does it works so when you well. see this trailer you're like this is something i've always wanted to see but didn't think about it until i've seen this trailer now i want to see this <laughs> yep. i want to see this it. movie I now it. that they went there I want to go there with them. I'm entering the world of R-rated Muppets. Where are the doors that I can enter? When does this open? Yeah, literally wasn't even ever thinking about it. I was like, hey, it's cool if I know what. But yeah. I'm now, now I'm seeing it. Let's talk about Clark Gregg. He's going back in time, not to see the Muppets, but he's going to be a young Coulson. So we already knew that Captain Marvel is taking place in 1991. We saw, you know, spoilers. We saw, you know, Fury, mother. <laughs> And so, but we knew that we've already, you know, if you read the headlines on these, all these different sites on the YouTubes and the internets, you're like, hey, Samuel L. Jackson's going to be in Captain Marvel with mm-hmm. both eyes. This is pre-Eye Patch Fury. Yeah, yeah. This is early S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm excited. I want to see early S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see early Coulson. I was like, is he listening to Soundgarden? <laughs> has he got long hair? Yeah. What is yes. this version of Coulson? I, what, I, I don't know why I'm fixated on what music Coulson listens to <laughs> and why I want it to be Soundgarden. But I don't care what it is. I want it to be Soundgarden. Maybe <laughs> yeah. it's something else. What, do you, what music do you think Coulson is listening <laughs> to? First two albums, Man. White Zombie. Yes. Les Sisto, we're talking like Black Sunset. We're talking it. like, and I want him to have the long Black hair. Black Sunshine. Black Sunshine, sorry, thank you, appreciate it. Uh, and I want him to have long hair, and I want to be like a Lothario. I want to yeah. be the new intern at S.H.I.E.L.D. I want to be a womanizer. I want to love Rob Zombie and White Zombie, and yes. I want this man to go by Philip. There should be a conversation with someone else from S.H.I.E.L.D. about the difference between Rob Zombie and White Zombie. Because yes. right at that right point, that, there was yeah. still that, like, it's sort of light White he Zombie. He started adding yeah, the this, music. Yep. Yeah, they still had, it still had that uh, psychic flavor. We've turned into a Rob Zombie discussion. It's a fantastic show. thing. Uh, anyway, check, t- check it out. What music? Yeah. Well, no, no. I'm 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 horrible at like naming specific music things, but I want him to be like a, a rap and hip hop <laughs> type. That he's <laughs> like really the other side of it. I want him to have this gorgeous lush hair. I want him to be kind of like a Phil uh, Thirst Trap Colson kind so of a thing. Like he's kind of like. She's kind of out. It's a little bit. Yeah, is that Run DMC era? No, no, no. No, is that later? Eighties. That's Uh, eighties. Public Enemy is like right around eighty-seven, eighty-eight. It's like two pop-ups now. Because I I basically got all of my rap and hip hop in like one big glob right. <laughs> because it was basically what other people had so i don't know when things came sure. out i, think I just peak, listened to like it. biggie was coming up tupac okay. was coming up at the same time i think salt and pepper was just starting up no no salt and pepper's early oh is that early? i was in a rap back in 84 i actually saw run dmc at oh. the fresh fest too what's up son bam <laughs> white zombie I, yeah. and run so, uh, DMC. Somebody, yeah. somebody that thinks outside the box yeah. Houdini, and then he trains Hyde, come at me baby so yeah. <laughs> trains himself to be in the box that's the colson that i want <laughs> yeah well we're gonna get some young colson hopefully there's some pictures very soon i want to we want to know what music you're listening to clark greg and we want to see your haircut so hopefully we see that soon you know what we saw recently if you go online preacher season three there's a great promo clip that's playing if you look over right there you can see it so it's uh it's it's you know jesse mm-hmm. smoking his cig and then it's a pullout, and you see all of the characters. You're never going to see this in the actual season. This is just yeah. simply like a, hey, check out season three. This is what's coming at you. And I'm like, if you haven't read Preacher, 
Now's your chance. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's an absolute number yeah. three. I, th- I don't think the absolute number three has dropped yet. The absolute edition. Mm-hmm. You can get all the trades. Just read Preacher. It's one of the most fantastic books that's ever been made as far as comic books. And, you know, if you're into this, you know, God versus the devil, you know, this is, this is some really fun reading. So and what do you guys think? Have you caught up with season two of Preacher? Are you looking forward to Preacher season three after you see that little, you know, pre- that trailer? Well, not even a trailer. Just a, these are all the characters. Um, I've read all of Preacher and I've watched all of Preacher and I just need more, mm-hmm. more and <laughs> more because, I, because, yes, the comics are incredibly it's it's in depth and it touches on these great themes like a family having a really messed up family mm-hmm. and then um, just religion and how taking religion past the point of logic and then taking it even further than that and then getting mystical with that taking it all the way far it's like it's it's this it's this beautiful culmination and at the same time i kind of feel like it's it's a big messy fire and i enjoy jumping into it mm-hmm. preacher is one of those um comic books that you can uh, revisit at different times in your life oh yeah uh, and you will always find something else, something mm-hmm. else that flowers for you. Um, that's why I love Ruth Nega's character in this. I feel like they really transcended um, with her character and then what it is um, in the comics, but it's very well portrayed in there. So seeing that for season three, I I want I want everybody to watch this and read this because I need to talk about this with everyone. It's that good. I, I feel the same about both the comics and the show. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like the show did a really good job swaying in and out of the source material. Yep. So having read the comics, I didn't feel like I was guessing what was next. They really left. But then they always came back in a really interesting way, especially right. season two, which wasn't the road trip season I expected. Like, they did that very <laughs> differently. And for me, in the top ten comic portrayals, which seems like a big number, but think about it, there's hundreds now because we're right. living in the best time. But in my top ten, in, in the Ryan Reynolds' is Deadpool, Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, in that glorious age, the Tom Holland Spider-Man, Joseph Gilgun is Cassidy in a way that I don't think he gets to put on enough lists. Yeah, like, as, uh-huh. as the best comic portrayals, I he I think he's better than the source material, which is saying a lot, because Cassidy is one of the best characters in that type of comic. I agree. So and he's also, I, agree I mean, like, I knew him from the Misfits, so, and I, mm-hmm. when, I, when I first saw that he was cast, I was like, that's kind of a cool casting, unexpected, but I'm in it, and then really, uh, really grew on me. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah he's really good choice to pick him. Yeah, he I think, brings you know, a vulnerability to yeah, Cassidy. And a that nuance that the book didn't always have. Like, he's not just bad or just good when it's convenient for the plot. He's actually fascinating. And the th- weird little ticks he has in his, like, side character choices and, like, even him in an ensemble, like that poster, you're like, what's he doing? Mm. Like, you want to yeah. know. And that poster does a really good job of being, like, those motion posters that started with Daredevil, yeah. but to an nth degree. Like, yeah. it's it's actively moving and fascinating. Well, it's, it's great also to see the, the, the different characters that were from the comics that they are yeah. in producing and going yes. so to me i'm like oh my god they're gonna go the distance because they kind of have to now you, mm-hmm. you can't just cancel it at season three you, you, we need season four mm-hmm. five hopefully it's a five season or if they are going six seasons i don't know it's 66 issues so i don't know yeah. how they're breaking mm-hmm. it all up but uh I'm looking forward to season three vincent d'onofrio has just wrapped his shoot on daredevil season three uh kingpin so obviously we know he's Kingpin. We're all waiting for Kingpin to show up and do the thing that we destination. You shouldn't have signed your name to it. You know, yeah. that's born again. So mm-hmm. get on it. Comic nerds who have not read board again. It doesn't matter if you haven't read all the other previous daredevils go out right now, go on Amazon, buy it digitally or go to your comic book store shop and order born again. You will not regret it. It is one of the greatest comic book series ever written and drawn it's an incredible graphic novel, standalone, beginning, middle, and end. 
and also will make you want to go back and read the previous mm-hmm. Daredevils and move forward into all the new Daredevils. So I feel like that they're, they're using this as a source material. We're going to see some of it. Yeah. But just like Marvel has done, you pick and you know, pluck away and take some of the best things. I think we're going to see Bullseye. I mean, they're talking about this one character who's like kind of, but not the Bullseye from Born Again. So mm-hmm. they're, they're moving it. Like, so we're going to see Daredevil's mom. That's from Born Again. I feel like Matt Murdock's going to lose everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which he has to. <laughs> he Born Again, <laughs> everything has to go. And that's probably the issue one. Everything's great. Button press. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, and we all want that. Not that we want, you know, pain and suffering from Matt Murdock, but we want, you know, we want him to come back. <laughs> yeah. um, what do you think? Vincent D'Onofrio, is he going to do the Born Again I think that moment's happening. I think Bullseye's happening. I think that this is, like, if they end at season three, they have to go big. I think Bullseye's the thing we've been waiting for. I think that Daredevil has been so incredible for Netflix. Without Daredevil, we wouldn't have the majesty of Luke Cage right. or Jessica Jones or the season two of Iron Fist that right. I assume is majestic. Or Punisher. Uh, and mm-hmm. Punisher showed us the darkness and the nuance they could take it to. Mm-hmm. What I wanted to say paralleling Punisher was the fact that they had very smart conversations, very intricate plot, but it never felt slow. And Daredevil can follow the that. So I love that we've built this world where you really trust the audience to know that these are comic characters that haven't spelled everything out. You trust the audience to be like, that man's wearing a Daredevil suit, and that's not weird. Yeah. And now that we're there, three seasons in, they can do Born Again, and they can also do a Greatest Hits of Bullseye simultaneously, because yeah. that character can weave in and out like the Joker in Dark Knight yeah. and just mess stuff up, because we've all been waiting. Uh, this is my most anticipated show I think that's about to come out. I, I, I love season one and two yep. of Daredevil. I thought season two, especially the first four episodes, oh, so powerful. unbeatable. Yeah, it's like the, of all the Netflix episodes. chained up on the, on the roof Incredible. was I, what nice. I dreamed of as a kid. When I flipped through comics, that's what it looked like, and they did it, and yeah. if season three can do anything close to that, it's going to be the best thing. Yeah, how about you? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this, especially with uh, the storylines that Bardigan already has. I want to know what they're going to do with Karen Page. I want to know how much uh, in Daredevil season three she is going to be a part of this. And then, yes, Bullseye, most definitely. I... I I'm really hoping that I, I don't know Electra. Eh, eh, maybe yes. I feel because like they kind of ran Defenders, the course of Electra a little bit. I mean, with Defenders, you know, let's if be Bullseye honest. If Bullseye kills her if, again, yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh boy, it got, Defenders All got sloppy. Two. Just like stabs her. Yeah. Like, well, it doesn't have the impact. So yeah. I don't think they can use that. Plus, that's not part of the Born Against story. No, no. But yeah, the, but the visual there, there, Bullseye, like it won't yeah. impact us. Yeah, but if that visual happens to someone else, yes. it will. Oh, like Karen. Yes. Like Karen. Yes. Have so Karen. I don't know anything, Poor but I'm Karen. saying if we're going to take guesses, that visual is going to be in there, and it's not the visual you want to see to a character you don't want to see that happen to. Yeah, my guess. I hope she's not going to be on heroin well, and yeah, all Karen's the others. Obviously other, very different. Right. Than yeah, right. very very different. Yeah, I think I you know I think like they're going to pick and choose certain moments. I don't know if they're going to go. They they're not in that story mode to have mm. Karen because she, disa- yeah. she didn't disappear yeah. in the comics. She had been gone for a long time, so it made sense for her to come back into his life and sell him out right right mm-hmm. so that's but that's not going to happen in this it'll happen a different way um you know what we just finally saw a, an official photo i know we've seen a million photos from somebody you know taking pictures you know behind <laughs> the scenes and people complaining about muscle suits and whatnot <laughs> but here's the official picture of shazam with zachary Levi standing right next to him and shazam drinking some kind of cool ice berry drink i don't know what he's drinking what is he drinking <laughs> who cares really but there's shazam so i mean people are making a big stink about it I, when i first saw, oh well let's see that picture of shazam and it's not even like an official release mm-hmm. it's like here's a picture of the dude who plays shazam standing next to a photo of shazam drinking something i kind of wish they'd get their shit together to be honest with you <laughs> it's sort of like you know like we you know 
there was all these behind the scenes photos that happened and we we're like, oh, well, we'll release an official photo. Is this the release of an official yeah. photo? It's like it's somebody. Oh, we, we randomly picked this photo at this thing outside and here it is. It's just I don't know. So, you know, you know, like, hey, we've built this up and then, yeah. you know, well, and. Because we've already seen it. We've yeah. already seen a million photos of him, you know, fighting uh, Mark Strong in the streets. So it's sort of like it's it's anticlimactic. The least we could have had is a cool poster with yeah. the whole Shazam family. I mean, I guess eventually we'll get the Entertainment Weekly, you know, know. kind of a thing. But it feels but like it, too late. Oh, does it? Because yeah. of, um, well, I, I suppose so. I think for for that photo, I mean, he's like doofy and sweet, and you know, it's on brand right. for for you know Shazam. But uh, yeah, I can I can see where your frustration comes from with it. Well, but. it's anticlimactic, just to me, where it's like, hey, we're gonna release a cool photo. I figured, hey, do like a, the Shazam from the seventies, where they're all standing the on cover. some dumb mountain oh, with yeah, him yeah. and the other Shazam family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be like, no, that's the Shazam. At least like him family, and Billy. Yeah, family friendly. There's Billy Batson. This is just goofy without him sipping on a strawberry drink or whatever the hell. Ice, <laughs> iced tea. I don't know what the drink is. I'll just keep <laughs> A banana smoothie. It's not obviously a banana smoothie. Who knows what it is? I'm hoping it's like the Hardee's thing. Do you remember when they showed us Quicksilver in that, that burger ad? We hadn't seen Quicksilver yet in in the X-Men oh 4. My God. And the yes. first thing we saw him in was in that suit, and he was eating a burger, and it was like a Hardee's ad or whatever burger. Sorry, whatever burger company. Tell right. me in the comments. Right. But like, And then he stole the movie. I'm hoping this is just like that, where our first look is like, oh, no, 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 no. But then it amazes us, and our expectations were really low. Because I want Shazam to do well. I want DC to do well. I really want this movie to be like, hey, Aquaman, woof, Shazam, woof. And they just keep leveling sure. up. So I'm hoping this was just a, a, a misplaced first look. I, I agree. I, I'm still looking forward to the film. I just feel like this was like such another, like, get it together, man. Like, it's like, how many times are you going to fumble? Like yeah. the here's a golden opportunity fumble weirdness. And it's like, <laughs> well, we have San Diego Comic Con. All of us can hope that like the Aquaman trailer will be there, mm-hmm. the Shazam trailer will be there, and Hall H can be taken over by DC. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like it's not like I'm like wishing bad for Marvel. That's oh, no, no. silly. I'm paid by Marvel. That's right. Everybody <laughs> knows that. Um, but no, I, I really want to see DC shine in the greatest way possible, where they can be like, look at all the stuff that we've been doing. Here's our DC Universe series. Show a trailer for Titans. Show a trailer for yeah. Doom Patrol. Yeah. All these things, like you know, whatever development they have for Swamp Thing, show us something. Get us excited in the right way, where you're prepared, and it's not just some random like, "Hey, I gotta be behind the scenes. Quickly post it before you know." Here it is, fumble yeah. weirdness. It's all over me. I feel weird. <laughs> you know, Shazam's weird enough. They could do the Loki thing. I would love to see him running around Hall H. That would be fantastic. Exactly, my like present himself because the character is so light and doofy and Mm -hmm. fun. I would love to see that character like do a Q and A. Almighty, you're absolutely. That's a great (laughs) call. And Zachary Levi, right? He's so used to being in front of audiences. Come on, yeah. He's he ran a bunch of comic cons just as himself for a long time. So perfect. He's a perfect nerd, and now he can just be in the outfit. Don't I look strange or whatever? Have the same drink. Hey, look what I'm doing. Sip. That's what I do. Have the marketing around that. Yeah. Yeah. When DC shines, we all shine. So yes, I want their. I want that to happen. Definitely. And yeah. if Zachary Levi is going to be at Megacon, I get a chance to meet him. This coming weekend, I will be in Orlando, Florida at Megacon. That's right. Uh, I'm at booth 57P all four days. 
come on by, say hi. I've got all my Slayer comics, my Metalocalypse stuff. I'll be drawing covers. I got a bunch of blank covers. So if you want me to draw something crazy, come on over and say hello to me. I'm also doing a Collider Heroes live panel where I've plucked out some special comic book writers and artists who are going to be guests on my panel. Come and do a Q&A, a live Heroes event. Every Comic-Con I do, I do a Heroes live and get sweaty with me. It's all Q&A. We talk about a few things at the top and then we open it up to questions. So that's on Friday at 1 p.m. So if you're going to be at Megacon at Orlando, Florida, come to the the Friday 1 o'clock Collider Heroes Live, and I'll be there all weekend. Like I said, in the air-conditioned environment of the convention <laughs> hall, I know Orlando, Florida, you people love to sweat and get sweaty, but I'll be in an air-conditioned environment all weekend. Just want to let you know. You can also subscribe to the podcast, Collider Heroes. Go to Podcast One or Apple iTunes and get us on your subscription thing. So if you're driving, you want to hear us talk about a bunch of sweaty stuff while you're stuck in an air-conditioned car, <laughs> like you know, eating an Arby's sandwich or maybe something super healthy like drinking that strawberry smoothie, then you can enjoy us talking all this crazy stuff. So I want to get you on that subscription rate. Let's get into these Twitter questions. We've got a lot of them. They're stacked up for weeks. Let's rock right into it. Starting with Mario Lozano asking, hey, uh, so Andy Serkis hints that he's going to work again with Matt Reeves, L.A., maybe with the Batman. What villain would Andy Serkis fit in, even if it's CGI? Now, I personally think Andy Serkis is an incredible actor. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see him play any more CGI apes. I don't need him to play an ape or anything. I would love to see him play the Riddler. Oh. Like, I think Andy Serkis would be phenomenal. He's a great actor. So that's my call. What do you guys think? Um, I, because it's Andy Serkis, I, I immediately went CGI with it. I, I'd like him to be a, a Dr. Death. Oh, like, I think cool. that would be really great. I mean, you could have him, uh, you know, from like war games. If you have black mask in there, that's a possibility. But I think just with the, the physicality of it and then having, you know, the, that evil genius scientist type, I think right. that could actually fit very well with what they've established with Batman. And yeah, I, I would want to see him rock that. I'm very stuck on the Riddler now, and I love that. Uh, Tom King's Riddler especially, like the way he portrayed the Riddler kind of even looks like Andy Serkis. Mm. That's totally in my head. Uh, but I was thinking um, if he's a smaller character, uh, Mr. Zazz, I see him as like this brutal, covered in sure. scars, like yeah. very menacing, and he's very like physical of a character. Right. Uh, I would also love to see him play a big bad. I'd love to see Andy Serkis get some time to shine. I'd love to maybe see him as the Red Hood. Like I'd love to see... It'd be cool to see that take on not the Joker, since right. they're so mm-hmm. Joker obsessed. Right. It'd be right. cool to see yeah. that version. So, I mean, I think Andy Serkis could play pretty much anyone. It'd be pretty also much cool, anyone. actually, the voice of Andy Serkis. I'd love to see him play Mr. Freeze and give Mr. Freeze some credibility. Like him under the blue, that voice oh, spitting, okay. angry, sure. like ice puns. All I really want is them to start. He'd make a great clay face. Was that clay face? If you had Andy Serkis's clay face, you could get your CGI element, you know, afterwards, but then you have like this, you know, this, oh, the strength an actor that right. you know he's just trying to make it work and the world's against him you know you have like that peak Andy Circus, and then when you have you know like the whole molding thing and you could actually have so much fun with, with like animatic. pulling his oh, face yeah. right. and then out of place I, clay face beautiful. okay that's my final answer I personally <laughs> want him to know I don't want any CGI in Batman at all I'm so sick of CGI villains <laughs> especially in the DC, DC universe stay away from CGI anything the more real you can make it have a real human being there and mm-hmm. shoot them in reality no green screen 
between just build sets. And I know Matt Reeves is smart. He's dealt with a ton of CGI with all the Planet of the Apes stuff. Beautiful. So mm-hmm. if anyone's going to pull it off, he'll pull it off. So I'm looking yeah. forward to what he does. Next question is Brian McGovern asks, what do you think are the chances we see a post credit scene in Ant-Man and the Wasp that is a direct result of Infinity War? A couple of characters vaporizing. That would be pretty cool, me thinks. Well, we did we talk about yeah, that. We we sort of like, we covered that question. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're staying post credit scene. Yeah. We feel mm-hmm. like, you know, agreeing with Koi when he's like, let's have that happy ending where they're all eating a sandwich. <laughs> Isn't it great? Credits have been cut to. <laughs> you know, it's like, Michael you know, Keeney gets dusted. We're like, yeah. no. no literally. Look at my stories. Everybody. He gets dusted while he's doing one yes. of those. And then she oh. said, but everybody gets dusted. Oh, the story he tells nah. me. Yeah, is a, all... in process of getting dusted. That would be fantastic. Um, everyone, okay. It's a backwards told story. And then he's so the last dark. one. Um, Brian McGovern says, um, no, we just covered Brian. Kyle, the Mad Titan, says, if we got to see Spider-Man's origin story in the MCU, who would you have cast as Uncle Ben? Oh, right, I'm, I'm going to flip it and go Willem Dafoe. Oh, no. I'm going to be like, no. Uncle Ben. No. It'd be like the kind-hearted oh, Willem Dafoe. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, yeah. So oh, what do you God. think? Uh, Willem Dafoe is so scary to me. <laughs> well, I, I, he does such a fantastic job, though. Um, I Oh, I'm not sure of an exact actor right this second, mm-hmm. but I do know that I want it to be somebody on uh, par with the Aunt May that we have now. Right. Um, I, I want it to be a kind of a, a hot Uncle Ben has to be hot. Uncle Ben has to be closer to her age, so like um, late forties, um, early fifties type of an actor. And I want it. I want it to be a whatever, whoever the actor is. I want it to be the dynamic that they're more kind of jock-like character because I like the dichotomy of having a jock-like Uncle Ben and then having you know his nephew as Peter, but it being very accepting. Yeah, you know, right. it's it's a very loving relationship. I'd love that. So Ted Danson, what do you think? <laughs> sure, Ted Danson. Warm. Quotable, very attractive wife, Nick Offerman. There we go. I think Nick Offerman as Uncle yeah. Ben would be just so endearing and lovable. One scene, he dies, you care. But he can't have the mustache. That's right, Offerman. Oh, no. You have to shave your mustache to play Uncle Ben. The gauntlet's been thrown. Come at me, baby. All right. I'm friends with Nick. Either Maybe he'll do Hasselhoff. it. Um, yeah. Hasselhoff all, right. all the way. Michael Blade. <laughs> Michael Blade asks, hey, guys, saw your show about the DC streaming service. I'm curious to know if you think Marvel should have one separate from Disney so they can do more darker tales and how much would you pay uh i'm just going to only pay for one dc streaming services the dc universe and i think that that's going to probably fill out the whole situation i mean there'll probably be some some streaming services for kids just Mm -hmm. like they have that you know netflix lock it out for kids you can watch the r-rated disney animated movies that they already have available Mm -hmm. so i feel like that's already going to be part of this dc universe what do you think uh, I feel like that's already kind of Marvel Netflix. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say uh, I pay about twelve ninety nine a month for my uh, my Marvel streaming service. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I'm OK with what they have on there. And I, I would actually really love for them to keep that. Like Disney is so different to me than what Marvel Netflix represents. Yeah. So I would want those to stay as separate as possible. Yeah, it's weird when you think about like Punisher and Cap existing in the same exactly. universe. Like when you think about like Steve Rogers and like, you know, Frank, like yeah. it's a very different yeah, world. There's no way they're going to break it out. Marvel, yeah. I mean, he's saying to have a separate Marvel. That, that's not even, that's no way possible because it's like Disney, in order to create their streaming service, they, they have to draw on not only Star Wars, mm-hmm. but all of the Marvel capital. And then yeah. it's all the rest of this Disney princesses and all of our animated stuff and this and that. But to get all that big money, they have to be like, check it out. Here's 
here's our Moon Knight series. Yeah. Yeah. Here's our Ms. Marvel series, only available on this streaming service. Here's our Star Wars TV show, only available on the. That's how they get that. That's how they compete with Netflix. It's not right. breaking it out into separate. That's no way is that going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then if I'm wrong, I'll still pay. Uh, just saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah got me. All of us will pay. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Eli, the creative asked. Put the Deadpool. If, um, if Ben Affleck there. stays as Batman, would you want an older, seasoned, mature, experienced Catwoman in her 40s, the DCFU, or the, a younger Catwoman in her late 20s? Thanks for taking the question. So if Affleck stays on as Batman, a grizzled Batman in his 50s in the DCFU, do you want to see a young Catwoman or a Catwoman that would be on par like Selena Kyle? He's known her his whole life. I always uh, get a little uncomfortable at parties in L.A. or in a movie with Tom Cruise where the woman is 40 years his senior. Yes. Uh, like when you watch The Mummy, that girl was 20 and he's 50-something. That's right. It's weird. So uh, I love you, Tom Cruise, but that's weird. Uh, so I think Ben Affleck should – they should definitely be among the same age because you don't want to have that like mother – like the father-daughter thing. And that's already a thing with Batman, like with Robin. You don't need to add another layer. So I see like Shannon Sossaman, like someone right. that like was – in the industry, kind of left, comes back with a big getaway role. Like, I want someone like his equal, very, very attractive, but also very cat-like. And like you know, Emily Blunt, she's Emily in her Blunt, mid-30s, yeah. late-30s. I mean, I feel like it's like, that's the same thing, like what they, how they ruined the animated killing joke oh, by adding that, like, Batman that. having sex with a young Batgirl on the roof. It's like, we get it. That's your wish fulfillment, all you creepy guys. And then you did a great last half, which was actually the killing joke, but ruined the entire movie by adding this useless, stupid storyline that was horrible, Organizing grotesque yeah. towards women. Anybody who actually loved the comic book. Thanks a lot for doing that, guys. Um, what do you think about <laughs> uh, Catwoman? Definitely an older Catwoman, and I'm thinking more of a Janelle Monet type. Um, I want Catwoman to uh, be, you know, a character that explores more of the sexuality and then also can be played by a fantastic actress uh, like Janelle could do. Uh, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm definitely on agreement. We do not need an actress in her 20s playing this particular, especially if it's going against Affleck, it's just, that's just cringeworthy at this point. It's very it's just It's very, it's very different life experiences, and I want for, I want for Catwoman to be able to have that background. I love that Marion Cotillard didn't feel younger in, when she played mm. Talia al Ghul in Dark Knight. Like, mm-hmm. that didn't feel weird. She felt it was like the gravitas. Mature. She knew the world. Yeah, that happened with it. So, yeah. Right. I mean, and we know that Batgirl, they're, they're rebooting that and they've got mm-hmm. a, a female writer, a female director. I don't know what the age is going to be. I don't know how that's going to fit into the DC uh, universe that they have for the movies. I don't know if it fits in with Ben Affleck or that Batman or if it's going to be retrofitted with Matt Reeves' new take on Batman. Still don't know anything like that, but Selena Kyle, that's the question. If they're going to use, I would say you'd have to go with a Selena Kyle that grew up yeah. with mm-hmm. that younger Bruce Wayne. So she's pretty much the same age as Bruce Wayne. She's probably either, you know, in her late mid 40s or like early 40s, what I, I would guess. So uh, that's what I'd like to see, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Batgirl shouldn't be having sex with Batman on rooftops. That's just stupid. Especially when it's like, hey, I'm 45, you're 21. Oh. I've been to those parties. It's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you know, so that's what happens sometimes when people are like, we all did the room. Yeah, yeah, that's sorry. Like, oh, Let's just have an Alan Moore's classic. No, what we're really doing is paying tribute to women. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> uh, Gamers Genie asks, do you think we will ever see the Toy Man in a live action movie? And who would you cast to play him? The Toy Man. Neil Patrick Harris. I, like uh, I think Neil Patrick Harris has the fun flamboyance, but also like in Gone Girl, the darkness. I want to see that man get to play like the the 
a series of unfortunate events, crazy, but also like the very intense, terrifying. I think he can do both, and I don't think NPH has really gotten a big starring vehicle in a while. Right? Oh, God. I, I have no idea what this was. Because, <laughs> uh, like, uh, hearing Neil Patrick Harris, I just kind of like wiped it for me. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to do a pass. <laughs> I'm going to say Neil uh, Patrick Harris. No, I'm going yeah, to say Danny DeVito. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> His okay. biggest turn to the Batverse. That's right. <laughs> he's like, people are like, but wasn't he the Penguin? It doesn't matter. It doesn't he's matter. an older guy and he's, he's a toy man. He's yeah. an I can picture yeah. that toy yeah. man, actually. Yeah, it'd be a, a crazy, more comical toy man, not eating raw fish or biting people's noses off. Oh, wow. Um, next question. Carlos Guterres asks, what is an underrated comic that you always recommend to people? I always go with Sandman Mystery Theater. Um, well, I go with Miracle Man. That's Alan Moore, mm. John Toddleman, Steve Bissett. A whole bunch of different Gary Beecham, a bunch of different writers and artists. There's those 16 issues. They're fantastic. That is the true story of both Superman and Shazam, but done in, if that, they existed in the real world. So it's pretty, and, you know, Marvel republished it recently, but it's an underrated. A lot of people still don't know about it. That's mine. How about you? Uh, I really enjoy Bedlam. Uh, it's uh, with Image Comics. There's only about two volumes of it. Mm-hmm. I literally just ran into it like out of the blue. I liked the cover when I went to mm-hmm. a local comic book shop and was like, oh, 10 bucks? Yeah, let's do this kind of a thing. And basically what it is is like a, if the Joker – uh, existed, was captured, was possibly rehabilitated, and then decided that he wanted to help everybody by capturing other, you know, uh, psychotic serial mm. killers. And then, like, the Batman-esque character that you have in that world, um, I believe he was called the First or the Prime. Mm-hmm. I think he's called the First. Oh, God, he's such a dick. Oh, it's, it's just, he's a horrible... It, it, but he's the standard. Yeah. So you really follow um, this like Rose Matter type character of, of Bedlam. And is he rehabilitated? Is he not? And you see all the stuff that he did and you, you kind of understand why nobody wants him around. But then is he right? So yeah, I'd recommend uh, read Bedlam, at least volume one. Volume two is a kind of a different voice to it, but volume one is solid. I really, it's recent-ish. Uh, I really, really liked Huck. Uh, it was this Mark Millar book that sure. was kind of like his take on Superman that was also kind of a play on Tom and Huck. It had this old-timey, amazing, like, really warm feel. It's kind of like if Clark Kent was stayed on on the, 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 the Smallville side, right. and he's a very simple guy, and he just wants to help people, and it's really about, like, the essence of what it means to be a superhero from the simplest narrative. I just want to help. And the hijinks that gets into, and it's it's like six issues, and it's just really warm. I really like comics, if I'm not reading, like, a mainstream superhero book, to get, gather that magic of mainstream, but also, like, bring you to a place that mainstream can't. And since it was so contained, it's just so delightful. Uh, and underrated, The Clone Saga. I'm the one guy that likes Ben Riley. Read it. Uh, Jeff May also was talking about the clone saga. You guys are both insane. Underappreciated. Rocky Drago 66. I, you know, there's, some, there's some, you know, Scarlet Spider. There's some merits to it, but far and few between. If Justice League can only make $93 billion opening weekend, how much less can we expect Aquaman to make as he won't have his bigger co-stars to back him up? Aww. Well, I would I would say that's a very unfair assessment. Yeah, I think that Aquaman cool. can make more. I mean, hmm. it depends on how we react to that very first trailer. It depends mm-hmm. on how their marketing pushes. It depends on the film itself when it's released how people react to it so i feel like that is what uh, you know everyone's been asking when is this aquaman trailer going to be released when are we going to finally see some footage we got to see some footage last year at hall h mm-hmm. which yeah. looked fantastic so i'm really expecting to be blown away 
this year mm-hmm. at Hall H. I feel like that's just that, you know, there's a giant tidal wave and yeah. it's like Aquaman's yeah. on top of it with the, riding a whale like, I'm coming for you! And you're like, bring it! That's how I feel. I feel like, come at me with giant mantas. Every, you, know, you see that giant tidal wave, there's like millions of sharks, mantas, <laughs> dudes in swimwear, weirdness, you know, maras on a giant like creature, yeah. dolphins. Yeah, I want to see all of that. Yeah. Massive armies riding golden seahorses. I don't know what I'm going to see. What do you golden think? Golden seahorses, I love it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think uh, maybe be a uh, you know, delve into your positivity for this with Aquaman. I think it's going to be very solid. I thought it had a really good showing. He had a really great showing in uh, Justice League. And I think with this movie, we're going to have like that sea adventure meets Indiana Jones-esque with a bit of comic. And then you got that uh, Jason Momoa hotness right. going on there. And then that vulnerability and that loneliness. And you're going to get to explore some of his world and go on an adventure with him. I think this is going to be a super solid property. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I, I Not... Um, how much less would it make? Be like, how much more would it make? Yeah, I'm ready to swashbuckle underwater. Yeah. How about yeah. you? To me, this is a Jason Momoa vehicle with J- James Wan directing. I yeah. love James Wan. Yeah. I feel like the action is going to be great. I think the trailer is going to surprise a lot of people. I think it's a new direction for DC. So comparing it, comparing it to the past is the exact problem we have. Comparing it to right. what problems we've had, it's not like a movie starts at, at negative five. A movie, when you get on set, that first day on set is the first day on set. So, this movie is starting from the ground up. I'm going in optimistic. I think it's going to clear $100 million, and I think, sight unseen, that James Wan's going to make an amazing movie. So, yeah. I can't wait. I think yeah. you compare it to Wonder Woman is the way you compare it to, where you're like, yeah. you know, and that Look was like, people were like, that's going to fail, and it was like, made so much money, and everybody loved it. So, that's how I would compare. Look at Wonder Woman, and then look at Aquaman. You could forget about the other films. Peter Kasanovich asked, do you think that DCWB would take the opportunity of their upcoming streaming service to make shows for milestone characters? I'd love to see Static, Icon, and Blood Syndicate to be back in the spotlight. So, I know that there's that possibility, especially with Black Lightning. I've heard mm-hmm. that Static might show up mm-hmm. in Black Lightning. Yeah. What do you think about some of these other characters, like Icon showing up as a standalone characters on DCWB, especially their streaming service? What do you think? Uh, well, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm all about Static. I want Static. Mm-hmm. To, right. So, I mean, uh, I think uh, every, all the groundwork has been laid for this now. Black Lightning, if people didn't catch up to it on a TV. It's on Netflix now. Watch it. You know, kind of a thing. But yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm static all the way with this. N- not taking anything away from oh, yeah, yeah. Icon of Bloodstone, sure. but static. I think the next character should be someone that's familiar but not mainstream and that's static. Like, I think I think if you're going to keep leveling up, you need to go to the uh, approachable characters that are kind of culty. Right. And Static mm-hmm. Shock, Static, is very much that. And uh, I think the kid from Dope, I think his name's Shamar Moore, would be an awesome Static Shock. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. Oh, the, yeah. Yeah, the main, the main, the main, the main one. Yeah. incredible. So I'd I, like to see Static nice. or Icon. Right. I mean, actually, Static's, actually I mean, I feel like, well, Static's already got some, you know, <laughs> he's got his, his shine. He's already been in the spotlight a couple times. Give Icon a chance. But I'd be cool with either one of them. Mm-hmm. King Lucha New York City. That's right. That's his name. What do you suspect <laughs> will be the big announcements made by both DC and Marvel during this year's San Diego Comic-Con? Well, Marvel won't be there. Um, they've, you know, they're like, look, just watch Ant-Man and the Wasp. We'll see you later. We've got Z58 or whatever. <laughs> yeah, they got, they're counting billions. They're like, hey, what's, what's happening? Oh, Avengers 4. <laughs> worry about it we'll be back later so they 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 don't have to check in there's a movie literally they might even release it that weekend of San Diego Comic Con it's coming out i think um July 25th or whatever Amazon and in the wasp that's what's happening i think this is dc's 
moment to shine. Mm-hmm. Is, so there's like, there's a ton of amazing things that happen in Hall H. There's always these big reunions of different movie stars and different directors and cast reunions from movies and television. There's always amazing panels that, you know, all of Hall H is always jam packed, like 6,000 seats. There's people waiting for hours and days in line, sleeping and, you know, I must see, must see Game of Thrones. All the, you know, the, so that's part of Comic-Con is like sleeping outside, but this is DC's to win or lose. Mm-hmm. This is the, the they've got they've already announced all of these things from their DC universe. We've just seen titles. We've seen logos. Yeah. yeah. I can wait yeah. another month and a half to see footage at Hall H. I think they should just come out blazing. Mm-hmm. Like trailers for Shazam and Aquaman, trailers for all the DC streaming services, start the streaming service at Comic-Con. I mean, that's the way they should do it. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to do it. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. my opinion. What do you guys think? Uh, definitely those ideas. Um, I love that, especially with uh, the streaming service starting at San Diego Comic-Con. Right. We're like, hey, welcome to our panel, da-da-da. Uh, so, by the way, um, right after this panel is done, uh, it's going to be live. So mm-hmm. go ahead open and your phones. open your phone. Right. Every, every, you've got a phone. You've got a phone. Everyone open <laughs> yeah, your right. phones. This That'd is the time. Uh, that I, I wouldn't mind um, if they have uh, anybody attached to some of the new products, uh, projects that we know, like um, Ava's uh, New Gods. You know, if they have like a, a lead attached, I'd love to hear about that. Sure. You know, at Comic Con, it's like you know, feed us some really great stuff like Big that, but not too much. Yeah. Big announcements. I think I hope this is my pipe dream. I want three things. I want Man of Steel two announced because it's the perfect time to announce it, especially with Henry Cavill going on his whirlwind tour for Mission Impossible. So you've got built in publicity for your boy, right? And that'll show people how serious you are about moving Superman forward, and it'll give us more optimism because he's finally optimistic. I loved how they landed with Justice League. So Man of Steel two, uh, I think they'll finally announce what's going on with the Batman. Uh, I think that Matt Reeves' Batman will have his time to shine. And then I think a third thing will be a new character that isn't Shazam, isn't Aquaman. I think we'll hear what the next phase might be that isn't the known properties. Everybody knows Batman, Superman. I think we'll find out where the Justice League, whatever they might call it, whatever the next phase becomes, I think there'll be one surprise announcement and Man of Steel 2 and Batman. I certainly hope that they, and I want to see Chris McQuarrie as the writer director oh, for Superman. So I just don't want to go Man of Steel 2. Whatever it's going it to be, Superman, yeah. <laughs> but I agree with you. I want to see that. I want to see all these trailers. That's the main thing I want to see. And it's a big announcement, so hopefully we get that. Sweaty question of the week comes from Luis de la Pena. I know it's next year, but it looks like Avengers 4 will have a major time travel plot to either destroy the stones or the Avengers build their own gauntlet. Wouldn't this be kind of a cop-out? Well, Luis, I disagree. I don't think they're going to destroy the stones or build their own gauntlet. I think they're, they're what they're doing is they're traveling through time to try to find what is a way to prevent this from happening. And there's no way to destroy the stones. The stones were created when the universe was created. So, <laughs> I mean, that would just be, let's kill everyone. You know, that's, what I mean. like, <laughs> that's not going to happen. But, I mean, how are they going to travel through time? We don't know if, like, someone like Kang comes to them and is like, hey, I've got this way to do something, but he's actually, a, you know, a secret villain. He's mm-hmm. got his own thing going on. We don't know what's happening, but our guess is, from looking at those behind-the-scenes footages, are they using the barf thing to, like, mm-hmm. use people's memories and then travel in tandem through other people's memories? Or are they actually really traveling through time to try to course correct the future and we end up with something different? We don't know yet. What are your thoughts? Man, this is a huge question and I love it. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the idea of them uh, using Barf. I want to know, like, how, I want to know the beginning of this, how Thanos even knew, for instance, to go to Xandar. Is it because of, um, you know, Peter Quell in um, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, to, where, where it's like, 
you know, where, uh, all my thoughts, because this is such a huge question. I really do enjoy it. What I hope for with this is that we have a sequence, maybe with Nebula and Tony Stark, maybe u- utilizing the BARF system, where they're able to track down Thanos to then get that Infinity Gauntlet, uh, because it still has the stones in it. It still can be welded by somebody if they find someone to weld that gauntlet to then erase the snap. So I don't necessarily think that they have to do a time travel aspect in that way. I think the time travel would be barf system um, to then getting a hold of that gauntlet to then reversing everything. And I think that might do something to further the damage that was made to the stones and completely vanquish the gauntlet. And I think that might take us into Infinity Watch. Mm. It's a good, a good guess. I think. What do you think? I think that we, I think upon our rewatch, actually, on your birthday, uh, I think that we don't trade lives. Captain is one of the most important lines in that movie because they repeat it, and they don't repeat a lot in that movie. And, right. and usually in movies, when they're like, and you, "Oh, remember?" So I think that they not only do we have, we all have that theory that the Avengers have to sacrifice themselves. The OG Avengers. So I think they have to trade lives. The old Avengers, the OGs, have to trade lives to get the new Avengers back. The ones we've lost, your Black Panthers, your, right. your Spider Mans. And then I think what happens is those that survive the gauntlet doesn't survive the gauntlet's already messed up at the end of the movie i don't think the gauntlet is used i don't think any of them wield the gauntlet what i think happens is the illuminati is formed at the end of the movie mm. i ah, think at the end of the movie okay. the illuminati is formed because each one of them takes a stone has to protect it and that kind of that could introduce namor pipe dream could introduce xavier part of the universe pipe dream but even if it's just our guys those five stones go to different corners of the universe different corners the guardians probably get one and that spreads out and that becomes the mcu version of the illuminati and that shapes where we can go to eternals shapes where we can go with phase four but i think trading lives of the soul stone and and then uh, Illuminati at the end of four is what happens. You know what I feel? I feel like the Infinity Gauntlet needs to be reunited to its original birthplace before it broke up into six stones. Mm-hmm. And that's like by figuring out how to recombine them, even though Thanos has a gauntlet, the soul stone is the key to right. mm-hmm. reuniting all of those. Whether or not he's holding it or not, you can have a reverse Big Bang right. and then right. you wake up in a new universe. Whether or not the Avengers, I don't think it's going to be like, we have to sacrifice ourselves. It's just going to happen. Right. So wow. it's one of those things that it's it's an eventuality that you can't escape from and it's like that one thing that dr strange saw What's is that? why he gave up the the eye of agamotto and i think yeah, cap might be conscious of it i feel yeah. like cap sacrifices mm-hmm. himself very logically i think if everybody else might be in an eventuality i think cap knows and i think that's the bucky bond i think he knows he's trading his life for bucky and i think that's where we get the new cap and i think maybe the soul stone doesn't survive but the other five do i just i feel like five and the imagery of the illuminati is going to happen well i think the illuminati probably can happen naturally mm-hmm. but i don't yeah, know if yeah. they're going to introduce that it. i feel like Wong is still alive, he could get some kind of a post future message from Doctor mm-hmm. Strange in his astral forms. Like, I'm probably dead if you're seeing this. You know, something like <laughs> that. And it says an astral Believe projection. It a voicemail, like, it's hard to guess. It's a great question. Message. It's an hour long conversation, but we're out of time. <laughs> yeah. I want to thank Coy and Marquia. You've been watching mm-hmm. Heroes, and I'll see you all next week. Napa know This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General States pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Stay little chico, pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. 
It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 